One of the most compelling plot lines in the Bible is the spread of the gospel in Acts chapter 1, the book of Acts. Jesus gathers the very incompetent, inadequate group of men and women and, and commissions them to go to the ends of the earth to spread the gospel. And if you read the book of Acts closely, it's not the mission of these men and women. It's the work of the Spirit. The Spirit goes and, and the people follow. That's the mission work. And so when we take a, a, a Sunday to focus on the mission work of the church, we're really looking at what the Spirit is doing around the world. It's been that way ever since. And so what is God doing in the world? It's a good tip for us to gather to worship and just look at that for a little bit. What is God doing? We're going to zoom in on the country of Senegal in West Africa this morning. Our, our speaker is a missionary there, Sebi Devroom, his wife, Gina, and his four little children. Let's see if I can get these right. Michael, Daniel, Jeremiah, and Elijah. They are with us this morning. Four little boys, um, so we hope you can get to know them after the service. They are working in Senegal. They're working in the villages and in the city. In the villages, they are doing some um, uh, development programs with some farm, a small village. They're doing some development programs with the farmers. As part of the CMA, the Christian Missionary Alliance, CAMA, the, um, the C-A-M-A, Compassion and Mercy Associates, the Relief and Development Wing. That's a lot of acronyms, but they're part of that program with the CMA. They're also leaders of an international church in Dakar. So this morning, would you welcome Sebi Devroom as he comes and preaches this morning? Good morning. Wow, you guys are good. Um, I, it just blows my mind. Um, as... As Michael just got up here and he was talking about the Holy Spirit um, and the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's what I'm talking about this morning. And isn't it amazing how God works that way? Is He leads him to share something with you, and, and God has already been preparing my heart to share pretty much the same thing. And I, I pretty much can get off stage now, as, as he's already said, uh, made my main points for me. Um, but uh, thank you for the introduction. Um, we've been working overseas for the last uh, nine years. Um, one year in France for language study, two years in North Africa, and then the last six years in Senegal. Um, and this, this morning, as, I, as I contacted the church, um, I asked it for an opportunity to be able to share a little bit what we're doing. And you're going, why, why are you guys coming to our church? Well, I don't know if you all know this, but you as a church has, have adopted um, the little guy, Elijah, as your missionary kid. And... Um, we just wanted to come and thank you for that. That means you guys are going to be praying for him as he grows up. I came up with a small list of things that, that I would want you to pray for him. First of all, health. That he will, become, that he will grow up to be a healthy uh, young man and ultimately a, a healthy old man as well. Um, but for health, as, as in Africa, you can imagine there's a lot of sicknesses going around. Um, but probably even more important that he comes to know Christ at a very early age, um, that he may be able to share Christ's love with those friends around him, the people that he encounters. Um, pray for us as parents, but also as his brothers, that we will be excellent role models of what it is to be Christ's followers, and as well as protection. There's spiritual battles that go on here as well, but as well as an African, that the Lord will protect him from the enemy. And finally, and this might sound weird, uh, pray for a future wife. Um, even 
no matter how young he is, uh, his future wife may have just been born as well. And so you can start praying for her if you would like. Um, but we just want to come and, and share a little bit, share about what we're doing with you uh, as this is kind of a mission Sunday for you guys. And um, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use um, Acts. Once again, perfect lining up with what Michael said. I'm going to use the book of Acts to kind of share a little bit of what we're doing. But before I continue, let me uh, pray. God, I thank you for this body of believers that have come together this morning to worship you. It's not about us, it's about you and about the fact that you love us so much. And this morning, I pray that as I share, um, that you will take away any nervousness or anything that may be inside of me. And that I will just be able to share the passion that you have given me for the people that, that live in Senegal. And so I pray that you will give me wisdom as I share. That may the words in my mouth and the meditation in my heart be something good and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, like I said, we're going to look at the book of Acts, and I'm going to take you on a little bit of a missionary journey. And um, if I can have the words up there, that'd be great, perfect. Um, we're going we're gonna to read the first seven verses, and I actually won't read them all, but I'm just going to skip through a little bit of them. But uh, Paul and Silas are on their journey, and um, they're going to encourage the churches, and they're going to pass on the letter that, uh, from the Council of Jerusalem. They're going to pass that on to the churches. And uh, so in the first couple of verses, they came to Derby and Lystra, and they meet up with Timothy. And they hear good, good things about Timothy, and Timothy joins them in their ministry. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 4, and it says, um, As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decision reached by uh, the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in number. So many times when I read the Bible, I, I look for the things that, oh, you know, the really juicy parts in the Bible that, that God wants to use or speak to me about. And I tend to make the mistake of just kind of skimming over other parts. And verse 5 is one of those, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. It's one of those verses, okay, yeah, good, good. We can keep going and look for the, the real things in the Bible. But what I've learned is that I've had to slow down. And when I look at verse 5, it says, like I said, the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in number. That is encouraging. God is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. And people are growing in their faith, and daily people are coming to faith. How cool is that? How amazing is that? Imagine if you were there, and you're seeing people come to faith daily. That's amazing. And then I look at Senegal, and I look at the wool of people that I'm working with up in the village, and there's about, there's over six million total of them, but about 5 million in Senegal, and there's only maybe a couple of hundred believers. And I don't see this happening. And you would say, man, that's discouraging. Back in the day, things were going on like crazy back in Acts and, and, and then in Senegal. Eh, not so much. But we serve an all-powerful God. We serve an all-knowing. He knows what he's doing. And he loves the people he has created. And he loves the people in Senegal. And so I have full confidence and hope that someday I'll be able to come back to your church and to other churches here in the States and be able to say, remember back in 2016, we read this verse in Acts. And I look forward to the day where I can come back and say, it is happening now in Senegal. 
not just in Senegal, but in all over in Africa and all over the world. And so I have great hope that this is going to happen someday. And I, and, and I encourage you to join us in prayer for that. So, but let's keep going. And this is where, this is where it's going to get interesting. This is the journey that God has, has taken me on the last two years a bit. Verse 6, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Two verses that I do not understand in the Bible. There's other verses. There's many verses I don't quite understand. But two verses that I go, what in the world is God doing? Paul and Silas and his group want to go in this area, and the Holy Spirit says, no. And they want to go in this area, and the Holy Spirit said, no. And I go, what in the world? There are people in those areas that do not know Christ. Why in the world is God saying, no, don't go there? Why? I don't understand. And I don't know if I'll ever understand until maybe I get to heaven and I say, Jesus, will you, will you explain to me what was going on? But there is something that really popped out at me as I was looking at these words. And, the, and it basically comes down to this. Paul and Silas were so in tune with the Holy Spirit that they heard and understood when the Holy Spirit said no. Let me say that again. Paul and Silas were so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when he said no, they understood and they listened and obeyed. I make a lot of mistakes in life. One of them is I don't like to listen to the word no. I don't know about you, but maybe, you know, you've had this great idea or you've had a great plan and, and you share it with your spouse or your friends and they say, no, that's, a good, that's not a good idea. I bet none of us like to hear that. The second mistake that I make is that I tend to have these plans and ideas and I go for them and I'm going and then I go, hey God, will you bless me in it? I don't know about you, but I do that all the time. Instead of saying, hey God, is this something that you want me to do? Is this something that you want me to be involved in? And so I need to be able to hear and listen from the Holy Spirit and where he says, no. And when he does say no, I need to be obedient. So let me just share a couple of things. The way that, that, that God has said no to us, and to me especially, in these last few years. We as an international church, like, like Michael said, we, I oversee and my wife is involved in the international church in Dakar. We're about 170 strong right now. And... Um, and we're, we have three mission partners, three Senegal, Senegalese people that we partner with. And one of these, one of these people is Mama Day, Mother Day. She's a really motherly figure, and many people call her Mama. And she has a passion for kids in prison and women in prison. And so we as a church, we partner with her. We help her financially to help do this ministry. We pray for her. We have her share in our church what's going on. And then we go and join her in ministering in, in the prisons when we are available, when we can. And so um, I, culturally, I can't really go and, and, and minister to women in a women's prison, but I can go to youth. I used to be a youth pastor, and, and I love youth. And so with Mama and Day, we've been going to the youth prison. But there was a big no that I was told right off the beginning. And it was, Sebi, you can't share the gospel with the young boys. 
I'm like, God, I, I'm a missionary. I, why can't I share the gospel? Should I listen to that or should I, should I just say, no, 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 I'm a missionary. I'm going to break the rules and I'm going to share the gospel. And the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 this is a no. Don't do it. So I'm like, okay, okay, what's that mean? And so God got, so the Holy Spirit took us on a, on a very creative journey how we can share the gospel, not face-to-face, one-on-one. And so I'm going to share a little bit of how God said no, like as you said, but how he took us on this creative journey. journey. Here's a picture of me on the back of the truck with a bunch of seed and some watering cans. And so as I was talking to the director of the prison, he said he understood that I liked working with farmers, what I mainly do up north. And he said, would you be willing to help the prison with their garden? I said, well, that's an interesting way into the prison as well. So I said, okay. And so I started working hand-in-hand with one of the guards that oversaw the garden. And who does the watering? The young boys. And so for the last few years, I've been able to go into the prison prison garden and help develop this garden so that we can produce vegetables for the youth, which is helping their intake. Normally, their meals aren't that great. So any vegetables are a great addition to their meals. But I get to spend time with these youth as, youth as they're watering, and I get to teach them simple skills that they can then use after they leave and sub- help support their own families. God is very creative. And I can share, maybe I couldn't share the truth face-to-face with these young men, but the guards are, oh, they're, they're free game. And so I've been able to share the gospel with these guards. Another thing that we do in the prison is every Christmas time, uh, through Mama and Day, um, we, we reach out, we have a, a Christmas celebration. And it's the one time of year where the prison, where the prison administration kind of lets us in and kind of lets us do what we need to do or we want to do. And so here's another picture of what we did. For the women's, men, for women's prison, we asked a Christian musician, his name is Bernard Sisa, and we asked him to come and give us a, a, a little concert to the women in the prison. And he sings in Wolof and in French, two languages that the, the women in the prison will understand. But what we did is we went and we gave the, the, the prison director the al- one of his albums. And so the women, the, the, the director started listening to this album, and she's like, man, I really like this music. And she's not a believer, but she liked the music, and she liked the message. And so when, we, the, when, the, when the, the day of the event came, the, the director is starting to ask for certain numbers to be sung by this by this musician. Well, by the end of the time there, we had prison director, prison guards, the women in the prison, they're all dancing and singing, like your choir up here, singing these Christian songs in Wolof and French. Not only are they hearing the gospel message, they're not believers, they're not only hearing the gospel, they're singing the gospel message themselves. And we also had the opportunity to to show the Jesus film as well. With the youth, we did a little bit different. There's another picture with with the youth. Young boys like to play sports. So we made it a big day for them. And we said, we're going to have wrestling matches, and then we're going to have a soccer game. So we said, hey, Mama and Day, can you, your church, can you bring us some young boys that would want to play a soccer game with with the youth in the prison? So she brought her team, and we had a big match. And uh, this is one of the few pictures that we could take, kind of a hidden picture. The guy in the green, two guys in the green are, are guys from the church. The guy in the blue is a prisoner. We're not allowed to take pictures of the prison. We kind of did it on the side. Did break the rule on that one a little bit. And there's the guard. He's the, he's the referee. 
But everybody in the prison gets involved. And so at the end, we give them little baggies of gifts, soap, uh, toothpaste, toothbrushes, and all the little things that they normally don't get to have in prison um, or don't receive. And then the next picture is the, is the way we bless them in the end. There's nothing like in a delicious meal to bless young boys with and, and, and women in prison. Like I said, the meals aren't all that great. And now they had meat, rice, vegetables, and it was a great opportunity. And during those, during those times, we had actually had opportunities as a group to share the gospel. There was a no, but God gave us a creative, a creative way to and end up sharing the gospel, showing Jesus' love to these boys in the prison and these women as well. Go ahead to the next picture. Um, another no was in the village. When I first got to the village, um, we had, through some other uh, SEMA missionaries, they had been doing some storying. And when we came to Senegal, um, we, there was, through a partnership with Laterno University, I can talk to you about that separately, um, we had opportunities to go into the village and do some p- testing for pumps. And so I was only there for, you know, once or twice a year, and I said, ah, there's got to be more to do in this village because there's people that don't know Christ. The whole vill- nobody in the village knows Christ. So I said, I went to the, ch- the chief, and the chief is the guy on the right, an older man. Now he's had two strokes. He's half paralyzed, but a great guy. I do everything through the village chief. And I started saying, hey, chief, is there any way that I can help? And he said, well, pretty much everybody here is a farmer. And I said, well, h- how can I help the farmers? And he said, well, we need some seed money. We need some help with just getting the seed, just get us off the ground, just get us going in the fields. I said, I can help you with that, with the ideas that they would pay me back at harvest time. So we started with five, grew to 10. No, we started with five, grew to 15, grew to 20. And in my mind, I'm already way ahead of God at, the, at this point. I'm going, let's go for 1,000. We're going for a couple hundred, then we're going for 1,000. And we're going to be able to share the gospel with 1,000 people, and, we're, and God's back here, and I'm already up here. And I say, come on, chief, give me some more guys. Because I asked the chief who I should work with. And he says, no, this is it, 20 guys. I said, God, what's going on? Where's the, you know, the thousand, come on. Wasn't this from you? And God says, no, 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 just listen to him. And it was disappointing at first, but I'll tell you in a second that it was, very, that it was actually a blessing uh, when God said no in that area. Go ahead and show the next picture. Um, when I'm in the village, and, and the village is, is, I love overseeing the international church. I love what's going on. I'm going to share a little bit about that as well. But I love poor people. I love helping poor people. And so as I'm working in the, in, in the village, I often just walk with the guys in the fields. I help water. I help pull weeds. I help plant stuff. I do everything with them. I kind of live life with them to encourage them that they're not alone in this. And as I'm doing this one day, I get, I get a, a call or, or somebody comes and tells me to come and the director of the elementary school that's right next to the village wants to talk to me. And he shows me the building. And as you can see, the roof is caving in in, in one of the classrooms. Go ahead, the next picture. And, and, this, and the floor is sinking in in one of the corners and the whole building's about to go under in a sense. And they say, can you help us out? And I'm like, man, poor, fam- poor families, poor village, poor children going to school. At least they're going to school. I love to help out. And so he gives me this document. He's like, okay, here you go. 
we want to fix the roof, we want to fix the buildings, we want to put up a wall, and he's like, and I look at the bottom, it's like thousands of dollars. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So I said, let me, let me, let me take it home, let me think about it and pray about it. And as I did that, God just gave me a clear no. Don't do it this way. Don't do what they're asking. Don't just give them the money, even though I didn't have it. Don't do it. But God gave me a creative idea. And, he said, and so I went back and I got to the director and I said, how about we do it this way? You find me a worker, we'll find him a field, and he works in the field. At the end of harvest, the worker gets 50% of the profit and the other 50% goes to the school for repairs and we start building a wall. The director didn't like the idea. He preferred a little handout. But that was a no for me. And, I was, and, so, and so I was like, man, I, I'd love to just help out, but... God is saying no. But I have to listen to when God says no. And I need to listen and obey. So you're going, man, Seba, you're really depressing us this morning with all these no's. <laughs> Let's move on in the passage. This is where it gets fun. Verse 8. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love this. Paul has a vision, and what does it say? We got ready at once. God has been saying no over here, but now he says, go. Paul is so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit says, go, he doesn't hesitate, and he goes. Same for me. Same for all of us. The question, the overall question this morning is, are you so, and am I so in tune with the Holy Spirit? Are we so much in contact with him that when he says no, we obey, but when he says go, we go as well? That is the challenge that I leave with you this morning for myself and for you are we so in tune with the Holy Spirit? Let me share with you a couple of goes that we have experienced over the last few years. Like I said, um, we oversee the International Christian Fellowship. We gather inside a gym, kind of like here, but yours is a whole lot nicer. We, 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 we gather in a gym on Sunday mornings, and, um, and we don't have a pastor. We don't have a pastor, and we haven't had one for the last two years. And I'm kind of the executive pastor, and, I, and, and we have a group of guys, a group of men that, that kind of rotate the speaking. And so for the first year of these last two years, we were just kind of treading water. And the way I always explained it was, we're like a car, nicely polished. In the inside, it's nice and clean. Unlike my car, with, like, unlike my car right now with my four boys, it's a total disaster. But it's a nice car, runs great, but there's nobody behind the wheel to take us anywhere. So we've been praying, God, give us a pastor. We've interviewed people, and it's just constantly a no. And about a year ago, as I'm asking God, what do we do here? I just felt God was just saying, you got to go. Don't just keep treading water. Maybe, I'm not, maybe you don't have a pastor right now. Don't worry about the pastor. I'll take care of that. You're too worried about finding a pastor. You go as a church. You start ministering. You do the things that you need to do. I'll take care of the rest. 
And so the last two years have been really exciting in that aspect. Um, go ahead and show the next slide. The makeup of our church is mainly we've got some missionaries, but we've got a lot of diplomats, expats, international church, people speak English. So a lot of uh, embassy personnel, big organizations are coming to Senegal because it's very stable in West Africa. And so these, these pe- the, the personnel from these organizations are coming to church, but there's a huge ebb and flow. There's a, pu- a huge amount of people that go and come during the summer. Like I said, we're about 170 now. Last summer we had 80. A normal pastor goes crazy when things like that happen. Like, how do I... And even every Sunday, from Sunday to Sunday, you don't, you're not sure who's actually going to be there because of work-related things. These people are so busy. But about a year ago, I said, you know what? What an opportunity. What an opportunity. We get to have people in our congregation for sometimes three, six two months, two years, one year, one year, two years. And what we're going to do is we're going to pour into these people. They're going to pour into us, but we're going to pour into these people. And then when, they, when it's their time to leave, we pray over them and we send them out as missionaries. And our church is called ICF, International Christian Fellowship. And so this is the map of, of the world in Senegal. And if you can, in your mind, think of all the different people, the hundreds of people that we have sent out all over the world into different embassies and different organizations that have grown in faith while they are in our church, and now they're being used all over the world in other embassies and other organizations. In a sense, we're a missionary-sending agency, not a professional missionary, so to speak, but just regular people that have jobs, and they are sharing the gospel, I don't know where anymore now. So we've got a web of people that are growing. And so it is our goal, as people spend just a little bit of time in our church, we pour into them so that they can go out and share the gospel with those around them. Another area that God said go was our children. On a regular Sunday morning, when I get up, and I say, we've done some worship, and I say, okay, it's time for the kids to go to Sunday school. We have a mass exodus. Kids from about, my oldest is nine. Kids from my nine, my nine, ten down, about 60 of them that leave our church at one go. It's awesome. And God has just been saying, focus on these families with these young children. Because those are, they're the future. Basically, I see 60 sponges walk out of church every morning to go to a Sunday school to be fed the Word of God, and who knows how the Lord is going to use those people, those little boys and those little girls. Two years ago, God led my wife, um, as, as she was looking for a curriculum to, 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 to use in the Sunday school, and she met a, somebody in the family that was doing some Sunday school stuff down in Atlanta, and she showed her the curriculum, and she's like, ah, I'd like to try that. So for the last two years, we've been using this curriculum, and it's awesome. It's a three-year curriculum, and the kids go through the Bible in three years. But the cool part is, as we go through every story of the Bible, every story points to Jesus Christ. Every story. And I had someone at church the other day, at my church, or at ICF in Senegal, and they said, you know, I heard all these stories, but I never got the, the link to Jesus Christ. And now these kids are hearing Jesus Christ every Sunday morning through every story in the Old Testament and New Testament. It's great. And so after three years, they're going to be so well prepared in, in, in this, whole, this whole Bible story that it's just natural for them to speak about Christ from every story. 
God also uh, told us to go in the area of baptism. We hadn't baptized anybody for years. Uh, our old pastor was the last one to baptize, and now we're starting to see people that want to be baptized. And God's just saying, go for it. And we're learning how to do that as a church. And, and it's exciting. Next Sunday, we're going to have our first baptism in years, and it's going to be a great celebration. I'm looking forward to the pictures. Another area is God has said this year, these last years is in the area of prayer. You can, you can go back on that slide. Um, in the area of prayer, God has been leading us to say, hey, there's more to this than just doing church. Prayer is key in my relationship with you and key in a church. And so we've been, after church, as people leave, we have a separate corner of the church where we start ministering to people. It's, it's in its beginning stages. But we're starting to see things happen. And this whole idea of prayer, we're starting to see it in, as people are speaking, as people are ministering. Prayer is starting to grow. And one of my friends, he's a doctor, and he's been asking God to give him words of wisdom as he's treating his patients. And as he's treating one patient, he was just praying, God, God, what is it that you want me to say to this person? How do you want me to minister to this person? In a certain moment, and this is going to sound weird, at a certain moment, this doctor friend of mine had a pain in his knee. And he goes, what is that about? And he said, okay, let me, I'm going to go on this. And he asked his patient, he goes, do you have pain in your knee? And he's being treated, and the patient's being treated for something else. The patient looks at him and goes, yeah, how did you know? And God was using a very simple, creative way of, of allowing to speak truth into this patient's life. He was able to pray over him, speak truth with him. God is an amazing God. And he, he does things in, 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 in sometimes weird ways. And we need to be ready to hear those. Women's ministry, another great go that we have heard in the last few years, is God is saying, go. And there's a lady in our church that's really passionate about women. And so what she's been doing is she's been doing this, this series, different series, and she's been inviting the women of the church to come to her house. And one of these series, at the beginning of the series, one of these ladies that was coming, her marriage was just almost at the end. And she's like, I don't know how to keep going. And so she did this Bible, this, this, story, this series uh, with the women, and the women prayed for her. And in the end, at the last session of that series, she was able to come to the women's group and say, God has restored my marriage. And we're starting to see these great things that God is starting to do and work in our church as a body. And I can't wait. I'm here for three months, but I can't wait to get back to help lead the church as the Holy Spirit is leading us, following Him where He wants us to go. Like I said, I love the international church, but go ahead to the next slide. This is where my heart, my 40% is with, is with the church, but 60% is with my farmers, with the, with the poor farmers in the north. Um, it's about three and a half hour drive, and I spend the, a couple days there. I sleep on the chief's, chief's couch, um, and uh, I can tell you more about that, which is uh, interesting later on. But um, God has said no to the thousand, but he said go with the 20. And so God has given me the opportunity just to invest in 20 farmers for the last few years. And God has given me even a narrower focus, and I'm focusing on, especially on five guys. And five of these guys, we have, uh, what we've noticed is, is these guys physically, they're, they're pulling water by hand, watering by hand, everything by hand, and they can physically only irrigate a certain amount of land, meaning their income is very limited. 
And they generally harvest one time a year, so it's like living off one paycheck a year. Pretty tough. Possible, really. And so as I've been working with these guys, I've said, okay, I'm focusing, God has just given me five guys to work with, really focus with. And what we've done is we've been installing uh, just simple pumps so that they can save their time and energy in just getting the water out. They still water everything by hand, but we're putting in pumps. And the way we do that is, um, go ahead and show it. Next slide. We drill boreholes. This is a manual way of doing it. And uh, if you want an explanation of what that actually is, is basically we're pulling a, a huge metal object and letting it fall into the ground. And over a day or two, you have a borehole that goes quite deep, put a pump in it, pour, pour, pumps all the water out, and then the guys can water. But the idea is that when they harvest, they start paying back um, the cost of the pump and the borehole so we can help other farmers as well. And so here's the next slide. Um, I also partner with Letourneau University, and we're looking at ways how we can better, how we can go deeper with boreholes by using a different technique, I mean, using jetting water and such. And, 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 and this is fun to me because it's creative, and, and, um, and, it's, and the idea is that we're going to be able to create a rig that we're going to put on the back of a donkey cart and create a business for somebody that they can go and bore, drill boreholes, which is key to the development of these villages. Go ahead, the next slide. Um, they do everything by hand. So this is a water basin that they've, they've made out of cement, and they're going to carry it to another place in the field. And uh, once it's set, we're going to pipe, put piping and everything down, so when we pump water, it, it gets, past, it gets uh, sent to these different cisterns throughout the field, and they can irrigate their, irrigate their fields. Like I said, I focus on five guys, but I had a boss once that said, what you need to do is you need to look at, in a group of people, you need to look for the positive deviant. What that means is you've got to find the guy that thinks differently than everybody else, that thinks outside of the box, that's willing to try new things. And go ahead to the next slide. This is Adam. Adam is an amazing guy. My farmers are all pretty amazing guys, but this guy is just... He, does, he makes the best nurseries, onions, tomatoes, green peppers, anything. He's the best guy out there. And I've been pushing my guys to not just, they only grow onions normally, so I've been pushing them to grow other things. Adam caught the vision, and he's been growing green peppers. And he made a killing last year. So guess what all the other guys are doing? <laughs> I want to do green peppers. So there are a lot of them are starting to do onions and green peppers now, and they're learning how to grow them. Go ahead to the next slide. Not a selfie guy, but I had to take one. Behind me is a salad nursery, and they've transplanted some of the salad plants. They're starting to think outside the box. And if they're starting to think outside of the box in the way they're doing things in life and they're growing things, my prayer is that they're going to start thinking outside the box in their belief system. Go ahead and show the next slide. This is a friend of mine. He's making tea. 11 o'clock every day, everybody stops work in the fields. And we go drink tea. Tastes amazing, gives you a boost of energy like no other, but it's terrible for you. <laughs> but I look forward to 11 o'clock every day. Because <laughs> I'm so hot and so tired from everything that we've been doing. I need that boost. But go ahead to the next slide. And generally we gather around a tree. And this is where it gets cool. Because every time we gather around the tree, we talk about life, we talk about things. And they always give me an opportunity 
to share my thoughts and to encourage them. And God has given me and all of you a great big letter that we can share from. So at 11 o'clock every day, I get to be with my guys, and I get to share gospel stories, stories from the Old Testament, New Testament. I get to share Christ with these guys. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that they start thinking outside the box. Let me finish off one more go. God has given me the go to work with women. Go ahead to the next slide. And there's three women in the, in the, in the village that, God, that the village chief has said, can you help these women? And I've been praying, asking God, and God said, yeah, go for it. Three women, we give business, small business loans. And then they come, and they can pay me back every month. But one lady's caught the vision, and she has gone from, this, is her, this was her storefront at first, just a little wooden box. Go ahead to the next slide. She's built her own storefront, added another living room to her house, and I don't know what the future holds. But these women are eating it up. And I get to share through with other men in the meeting as well. I get to share and challenge these women to think about the future, not just physical future, but also the spiritual future of their lives. God has given us amazing, amazing opportunities to share the gospel in very creative ways. Like I said, God said sometimes says no. And sometimes he says go. And we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Let me leave you with this last thought. Us as believers, we have God himself living inside of us, right? We have an almighty God that is an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God living in us. And I think sometimes we forget that. We get so busy with all the things. But we got to stop and say, God, you're in me. Lead me. You're the giver of gifts. You provide fruit in my life. You're a counselor. You're a guide. You're everything I need. And so this morning, I just wanted to leave you with that thought. Are you so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you hear the no's and the goes? I'm going to pray in a second, but before I do, I just want to invite you. We as, as a family, we've been in Senegal, like I said, for the last six years. And uh, I always want to give opportunity to people to join us in that effort by simply, one of the biggest things is praying for us. And so if you are interested in, in receiving a newsletter or an update um, in that back foyer thing, I forget what it was called, um, the commons... All right, there's a little table with some stuff from Comma Services. We work with the Relief and Development Branch of the CMA. Some information there. There's a little notepad. If you'd like to receive our, our email uh, update, write your name, write your email. But on top of that, we're in the last, this, these, last th these, three, these three months in, in the States, we want to find 10 families that will partner with us. Not just receive our email updates, but that want to partner with us and say, I want to get to know you as a family, and we want to get to know you as a family, and send you some more personal updates personal prayer requests, ways that we can pray for you, really connect with you guys, because we really feel that we need that these coming years that we're going to be in Senegal. If that's the case, when you write your name and email, write beside it, engage, partner, or something to let us know that you want to be one of those 10 families. Think about it, um, talk about it as a family, but let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the opportunity just to share what you're doing. As Michael said, it's not about us. It's, it's about the Holy Spirit leading us. And God, you have led. 
as we can see in this service already, the fact that there's a connection between what Michael shared and what you had me share, you're at work. And I pray that you will help each one of us to hear the no's and to be obedient and to listen to those. But I also ask you to show us those goes. And God, a lot of times those two go hand in hand. Sometimes you say no, but go in this area. Thank you for being our guide. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our Father. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.